Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thanks for listening this Thursday, July 21st, 2021. Topics on today's episode include the latest from capital markets, as well as part two of my interview with Tom Showalter on the enterprise valuation increase from changing the underwriting process. I'd like to thank this week's podcast sponsor, Candor. Have you heard of Candor yet? As you'll hear shortly, they're gaining groundswell for their dynamic, adaptive, and automated underwriting engine. How would you like to compete against a company whose tagline is, we do it all, guaranteed? The program is part of an existing Weikert Realtors offering called All Under One Roof that gives consumers brokerage, mortgage, insurance, and other services. Reducing the friction between taking an application and servicing the loan is the name of the game, right? Closing departments everywhere are watching, securing, and enabling commerce using remote and electronic, or secure, Notarization Act of 2021. And capital markets everywhere took note of Freddie Mac, friendly competitor of Fannie Mae, following up its announcement last week by issuing Single Family Servicer Seller Guide Bulletin 2021-26 regarding the elimination of the 50 basis point market condition credit fee in price for certain cash-out and no-cash-out refinance mortgages and effective for mortgages with settlement dates on and after August 1st. For the links to those stories, as well as the latest on employment opportunities, lender and broker products and services, and news on non-agency products, visit robchrisman.com. For today's interview, I wanted to bring back on Candor CEO Tom Showalter to discuss more of the changes in the efficiencies regarding the underwriting process. If you had to summarize what the underwriting problem, quote end quote, is, what is the underwriting problem? The underwriting problem is that the underwriter is the only source of critical thinking. It is a necessary step. It's a critical thinking step. It's a necessary step in the making of a mortgage. You can't make a mortgage without critical thinking. And the critical thinking is needed to analyze the income to be sure it's the right income, to analyze the assets, to be sure they're the right assets, to analyze the liability, to be sure that the right liabilities, and to make sure they all conform with what's on the 1003, i.e. The, the borrower's application, and also what's in the guidelines, so what the, what, the, what the investor community wants to buy. Getting that critical thinking done to make sure that the application, the data about the borrower, and and the, and the guides, the investor community, all those things are in sync and all the expectations are being fulfilled. That's what the underwriter does. And that's a critical thinking task. That's not something that you could just routinize. This is something where uh, it's kind of like a detective solving a crime. Uh, at, one, at one point in one crime, maybe the ballistics tell you who done it. At another point, the ballistics don't tell you much. At another point in another crime, maybe it's the fingerprints. Or maybe it's somebody else, but it's kind of that kind of problem. And so when you deal with the fact that the path for each loan is dynamic and adaptive and it's unique, no two loans are the same. The underwriting path is different for every loan. And so what we, what the challenge we faced was, was to how to create a technology that could be dynamic and adaptive. And that turned out to be, we solved it, but um, a whole bunch of late nights, a fair amount of mailbox, something like that, but it, it was hard. But we got it to work, and it's working great now. But what we've what we solved is the one part of the mortgage process where critical thinking is required, where you must have human analysis. That's that's what underwriting is, 
And that's the part that's proven so hard to get automated. And, and the way we quote unquote automated it, we didn't try to automate the tasks of underwriting. We tried to, we tried to imbue a machine with the ability to think like a 95th percentile underwriter. And we were able to get that to happen. On a personal level, you, know, you have been on the forefront of machine learning for decades now. You, you mm-hmm. essentially went from rocket science to mortgages. <laughs> what, what Has it opened your eyes to other parts of the mortgage process that you feel like machine learning could really help? How did you pick underwriting? I, I wish I could quote this immensely spiritual experience as to why I picked underwriting. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, why we picked underwriting was uh, there's just a few of us in the beginning. And I knew about expert system technology. I had worked in it many times in the past. And I thought expert system technology could solve the underwriting problem. And we thought if we could solve the underwriting problem with technology by modeling underwriter critical thinking skills, that that would unleash, that that was the linchpin that was holding back the economic revolution in lending. And so we kind of thought that, but as you know, it was probably very hard to to conduct an analysis to say, well, this is exactly what's going to happen because you don't know. So, uh, I mean, first thing is you don't know if you can teach underwriter critical thinking to a machine. Uh, and, and this is like trying to teach a four-year-old to do higher-level calculus. It's like, okay, this is hard. <laughs> and it was hard. And, and, and where candor sits now, our, our basic logical unit is something we call a pivot point. Well, by the time we got candor to automate conventional conforming space, just that, uh, both wage earner and self-employed, we had over 34,000 pivot points in the architecture. And a pivot point takes approximately 30 to 40 pages to define, develop, test, and and deploy. So you start talking about 34,000 times 30, 40 pages per pivot point. You you got yourself a pretty hefty piece of IP. So uh, that took five years. Getting that innovation to that point has been a challenge. but, But we started with the underwriting because we thought we knew a technology that could fix it. And so it turns out that our guess was right, but it was a guess. It was an educated guess, but it was still a guess. It turns out our guess was right. Did it, did it, did it, did we get it done as quickly as we thought we would? No. Uh, did we get it done for the price we thought we would? No. Uh, but since we were spending just our money at the time um, and trying to get it to work the right way, we were comfortable with that. And by the way, this is something that had we been in a bigger organization that was funding our efforts, these, we had four different business plans, six different technical designs. I mean, we went through a lot of, a lot of stuff to get it right. And I don't think the average uh, big lender or the average big company would tolerate that much experimentation and that much failure before they got the right answer. In fact, I suspect I would have been shown the door someplace else far sooner. Fortunately, it was my door, so I I stayed. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. I think for your clients, they've seen some of the benefits of working with you. Have you been able to actually understand the economics that the platform provides your clients in terms of reduction in fallout, improvement in pull-through, cycle times, hedging, Mm -hmm. things like that? 
Yeah, yeah. The uh, we have have a team of people that are doing analyses in that area. But here's here's at the high level. Again, pull through on average goes from 60, 65% to 75, 80%. So that pull through improvement is very, very good. The um, improvement in customer satisfaction is going up about seven to eight percentage points. Now, now that doesn't sound like a lot, but considering how hard you have to work to get that to go from like 75 to 83, it's pretty significant. So we've seen that. And we've seen the, um, the one-touch loans, we've seen the underwriter productivity as measured by loans for underwriter per day go from an industry average of 2.4 to, oh, I imagine some of our clients are getting north of 15 loans per underwriter per day. But again, they're also seeing the underwriter morph into this outcome evaluator above and beyond just just the doers of income calculations. And to think of that as being a person's job when you could teach a machine that part, but the part you can't teach a machine is how to evaluate if the outcome is satisfactory or not. That's, that's a, that's a big deal. I hope that makes some sense. That is a big deal. And it does make sense. So I think that the natural question that we would go to from there is how do you draw the distinction between workforce optimization and true return on investment for the people that are using the platform? Great question. Workforce optimization. So you're having lower level people do more of the job. Is that what you're talking about? Perhaps I'm talking about whatever benefits the the technology you have designed can offer to your clients. Okay. So so um, I think the macro benefits we've talked about, where we're talking about increase in one touch loans, we're talking about um, increase in pull through. We're talking about increase in loans per underwriter per day. We're also talking about loan quality. See, we, we've offered our clients a real deal. They get to make the highest quality loan ever at the lowest price ever, lowest cost ever. And they've got somebody, namely Candor and Lloyds of London, to back it up and say, we've we will ensure that this is going to work fine. So what we've offered our clients, and this is where it's not just an ROI calculation, it's that they have a whole new business model. So they're sitting there saying, what Candor's offered us is a way to revolutionize how we make a loan, to blow up our process, and reassemble it in this new parallel workforce model as opposed to the sequential workforce model. We've got this parallel task model we can blow it up. We can switch everything to these parallel paths. And we could race down the path of making a loan faster and better. And, and Candor has warranted that you can do all that without risk of repurchase, without risk of, of any kind of failure. And so um, as our clients begin to understand that, they're beginning to see, well, again, we're priming a pump of innovation and the innovation is being carried by people other than us uh, at Candor. And so it, it's, we, we've enjoyed dealing with our clients and how they're taking what we've offered and innovating with it. So the, the ROI and the return, if you want to think of it as what's it worth to be able to make a loan better, faster, and cheaper, 
and and uh, what's it worth? And and now you're talking about not just profit improvement per loan, but you're really talking about gain in market position and, and increase in enterprise value. And, and if anything has been challenging for lenders to accomplish in the last 10 years, it's been to increase enterprise value because margins have suffered. Lots of things have happened and, and, and they haven't really been good to the enterprise value of a mortgage lender. And so now if they can rethink how they do business and rethink how they make a loan and how they, how they aspire to market position and how they take market share, I think, I think there's some benefits there that go above and beyond just a simple ROI calculation. I, I agree. It's good, good to have someone uh, very intelligent explain this to, to everyday folk out there. And I, I think it well, makes a lot you. of sense. And, and I think that it's something that uh, hopefully people by listening to this podcast can prepare themselves for this kind of revolution of the underwriting process. And I think it's coming and thank you. you're doing an excellent job to usher that in. So, yep. Thank you. It is a pretty quiet news week. But that doesn't preclude some movement in the bond markets, which seem to have a life of their own sometimes. After Treasury yields fell for most of last week, they rose yesterday for the second straight day, and MBS prices tagged along. Without any substantive news, traders and investors latched on to mediocre demand at the day's $24 billion 20-year bond reopening as the reason. Really? Black Knight reported, <laughs> Black Knight reported that the national delinquency rate dropped in June to its lowest level since the onset of the pandemic. There are still more than 1.5 million seriously delinquent, at 90 or more days, homeowners, the vast majority of whom are in active forbearance plans. At the current rate of improvement, there will still be about 1 million serious delinquencies when the first wave of final forbearance expirations begin in September. Today's economic calendar is underway with the latest monetary policy decision from the ECB and stateside with the usual weekly initial jobless claims, in at 419,000, up from 360,000, worse than expected. Continuing claims were down 29,000 to 3.236 million. We've also received the Chicago Fed National Activity Index for June, down to 0.9. Later this morning brings June existing home sales, Freddie Mac's primary mortgage market survey, and KC Fed manufacturing. We begin the day with agency MBS prices better in eighth, and the 10-year yielding 1.27 after closing Wednesday at 1.28%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. After my husband died, I couldn't even look at another man for 10 years. But now that I'm out of jail, I can honestly say it was worth it. <laughs> Thanks again to Candor for sponsoring today's podcast. I look forward to hearing more great things. Want to know more? Go to candortechnology.com. Tell them Robbie Christman sent you. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.